um, as I was walking around greeting people, I turned my mic on too soon, and I was telling one of the musicians how good they did, and I just said, you're awesome, and I could hear it come over the, over here, and I heard the dad hear me, and he started laughing, and it made me think, as we were singing Good, Good Father, and, and how, how he, he's perfect in all of his ways toward us, and how much he loves us, I, had, I have four children that are certainly growing up. But my youngest is 11 now, and when she was about two, maybe a little bit younger, we were doing a project. I was probably putting a toy together. Praise God, I'm beyond that point. <laughs> Y'all ever have to do that? You sit for hours at Christmas time putting junk together that maybe they play with, maybe they don't. Well, anyway, I'm putting it together, and I've got my tools out, and I'm trying to tell my youngest daughter, hey, go grab that tool right there. And she went over and picked up something else no not that that walks on around grabs the wrong thing again no not that that thing well after four or five times she finally got the right thing and brought it to me and I said great job and she said didn't I do awesome (laughs) she had completely forgot the 10 times she messed up and was so happy about the one time And, you know, I believed even with the stumbles that we have in our life, you know, when we come to the Lord, I believe that he would just say, I think you're awesome. With everything that you bring, even though you, and she was trying. My little daughter was trying with everything in her to get get it right and just couldn't and kept trying and finally got it. And I just want you to know, you may have come in here with just the worst situation ever. I want you to know I've got good news for you today. There is good news for you today. And as we look at kind of at the stage, we've been talking about a series called A House of Cards. And you come in here holding a deck of, uh, holding a hand. You've been dealt a hand. And some of the cards you're holding are good cards. Some of the cards you're holding are terrible cards. But in your life, you are holding cards due to a lot of different reasons. One being things that you couldn't control at all. Maybe you were born with a birth defect or maybe even with a disease or you were born in a certain location or you were born into a broken family or a family that was battling a serious case of depression. You know, you were just born into it. You had no choice. This is what you were born into. Or maybe, uh, uh, the not maybe, but some of the cards that you're holding are due to your own choices. Not everything is just kind of someone else's fault, a lot of the cards that you're holding are due to your own choices. And what I mean is, you chose your spouse. You chose your job. You chose your house. Your what? Investments? You did. And you know what? Some investments have been good. Some have been bad. For some reason, we we tend to remember the bad ones. Um, But you made choices. You made choices to live a life maybe battling sin and addiction. Now, maybe you're caught up in that addiction and can't get free, but it was due to choices that you've made. What other choices have you made? Maybe you made some choices to get some credit cards and to max those credit cards out. Now, I want you to know, you chose that. The government didn't make you max out your credit cards. Right? Your parents didn't make you do that. But here we sit with these cards, and on your own, they're a losing hand. You can try, you can try with everything in you, but on your own, they're a losing hand. But I want you to know the good news is 
that if you will make a decision today, if you will make a decision today based on what I'm gonna br- the word that I'm going to bring today, your hand is a winning hand. The hand you hold. It's not a redeal. God's not going to give you a redeal. He's going to take the hand that you have and make that work. It says that he works out all things for good. All things work for good for those that love him and are called to his purpose. He's not going to redo your cards. He loves you. He created you. He knows you. But he has a plan. So what is that plan? And I don't care what background you have. I don't care if you've come in here as never been in the church at all or you've been in the church your whole life. Doesn't matter. There's one catch. It's who you follow. Who are you following? And the amazing thing about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is he doesn't make you. You have to choose. It's your choice. Do you want to stay where you are or do you want out? And if you want out... You've got to choose. I want to show you Matthew chapter 4. We saw this last week. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers called Simon, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were still fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now we went through this last week. But one thing I want you to catch is they walked away from their entire livelihood. There they sit in the boat, they leave their job, they leave their future, they leave everything behind to follow Christ. Now, I don't want to say, I don't believe that we're necessarily exactly where these guys are, where you need to go walk away from your job. I will tell you though, it might be that drastic. But what I do want to say is, it is that big of a change. Changing from your way or to the world's way to God's way is that drastic of a change. And you can see in their lives, it was a complete livelihood change. Do you see that? Yes or no? Okay. It's, uh, I mean, y'all hear how interactive we are in worship. We can be interactive in the word too, okay? All right, in the message, amen. So last week we learned what the word to follow means. So, and I believe from last time, and if you didn't hear this message last week and you want to, go online, it's free, you can download it. But we learned about following. And I want you to know when they followed Christ, Christ did not hand them a Bible and a track and a map and and an itinerary of what was going to go on. He just started walking. If you remember, he took off. They started moving from town to town, and it showed us what Jesus did. And the guys just followed. They didn't have what we have. They just followed the man, his experiences, his life. They sat down and ate together. He just said, follow me. So we can see the equipping that these men had was nothing except for the man himself to follow, right? So here they go. And I believe even from last week, you would say, okay, pastor, we get it, follow. Yes, we're gonna follow Christ. We consider ourselves Christians, which are Christ followers. So if we're gonna follow Christ, where is he? I'm ready to follow Jesus. Where is he? He's not here. He's gone, right? Anybody meet with Jesus the man this week? Yes or no? Okay. So where is he? Where is Jesus? Where are you, Jesus? Let's look at it. Acts chapter 1. 
Now, when he had spoken these things, while, he, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, and he went up, behold, two men stood behind them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you in heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So, is he still here in the earth? Jesus the man, the human. No, he was taken up. It was prophesied here we see in this scripture that he would return the same way that he went. So, do we know anything more or did he just vanish into heaven and we just kind of assume he's somewhere up in heaven? Yes, we know more. In Mark chapter 16, verse 19, Jesus is speaking. He said, when the Lord had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So, where is Jesus, the man? Jesus the man was taken up into heaven and he now sits at the right hand of God. There is a reason he is sitting there. We're going to go into that, but there is a reason why he is there. So, Jesus, you've sat here in your word and your gospel and told us to follow you. And then you left. What's up with that? What do we do? He's not here. But I want you to know there is a plan. He has a plan. And this has been such a revelation to me. John chapter 14, verse 16. Now, I know, I'm, I know you're probably taking water from a fire hydrant right now. Just hang in there with me. If you remember two scriptures ago before, we were in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. We're now going back to Matthew chapter 4, verse uh, Matthew chapter 14. We were in Matthew... Oh, it's not the same scripture. Now we're in... John chapter 14. Never mind. I do this. This happens. So where's Jesus? So it, it, we've just learned that he is now in heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father. But it says, Jesus tells us, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another. Do you remember he had said, I must go. But, and if I go, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, Helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. That translation is the Amplified, uh, but it really gives a good breakdown of who the, who the Holy Spirit is. That another comforter is the Holy Spirit that he's referring to. But I want to focus just for a minute on this word, another. And I've talked about this. If you've heard my preaching uh, over the last few years, you know I talk about this word, another. Because this word, another, in the Greek, and I met a good Greek guy today. Amen. I cannot remember your last name, but I know it's Greek. Uh, Reese, got the first name. Y'all know how much I struggle with that. Uh, but anyway, in the Greek, I want to encourage you, if you will study words, do word studies, especially in Scripture, you will find out that our English translation doesn't always tell us the whole picture. Amen? This word, another. We've got two different words for another. This word is the word allos which means another of the same kind. Now, there's another word, an there's another, word another um, that is the word heteros. That means um, a different sort, one of a different sort. Now, let me give you an example. If I hand you an apple, and you eat that apple, and you love that apple, and I ask you, do you want another? And you say, yeah, I want another. And I hand you an, an orange. 
I have just fulfilled that word that's heteros, one of a different sort. It's still a fruit. It's still something you can eat. It's still kind of similar, but not. It's not. They're both a piece of fruit, but they're kind of different. But if you, if I, if you ask for another apple and I give you another apple, it is one of the same kind. That is the word that's being used here. He's saying, I will give you one of the same kind as me. Or even to take it another step further, one identical to me. So we can see here that when, when the Holy Spirit was given, we've seen from Scripture, and I'm going to show you this over the next few weeks, that the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus. Scripture tells us this. This is from the Word. I'm not making this up. It says that the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ, is the Spirit of Jesus. So when He sent us His Spirit, the, 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 the Comforter, He sent us His Spirit, one identically to the man, Jesus. It is His Spirit. Now, I want to just make sure that we grasp this. There is no competition here. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father are not competing. We're, we're, there's not a competition of who we serve. When we serve one, we serve them all. They are one and the same. They're just different parts with different functions. So I don't want us to be, I don't want us to be the Holy Spirit church or the Jesus church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are, we, it is one and the same. We are not getting in a competition here. Okay, that becomes religious and I don't, we're not going there. They are one and church, this is crucial. The spirit of Jesus is Jesus in spirit. His fleshly body is in heaven. His spirit is here. He sent his spirit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter two. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, get ready. You can't really know me unless you know my spirit. We can have a conversation, we can even go to lunch, but until you really connect, when we really connect, you don't really know me. And it says that no, we, no one knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man. And the same thing, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So let me ask you, if Jesus were here on earth, and that is the relationship that we have is with a man, but we don't have his spirit, can you see that we cannot get to know him as well as if we had his spirit? Can y'all see that incredible revelation that with Jesus going back, he realizes, hey, you can't even in your mind get to know me as a man. I need to go so that you can have my spirit because it is the spirit that will give you the thoughts of God. I'm going to be building a case over the next few weeks to show you that I believe that we have it better than the disciples had, those that got to walk with Christ on the earth because we have his Holy Spirit. You may say, ooh, pastor, that's crossing the line. Okay, I get it. We're not in competition here. There's not a competition here. But I'm going to show you, I believe that it was the plan from the beginning. Now, I can tell you, as a man, I would, in the flesh, prefer Jesus be here. You know, I would like to have the man and the spirit. Um, 
But you're going to see it, it didn't work that way. You, you know, Jesus even said, it's best for you that I go. Did you know he said that? Look at this in John chapter 16. He says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Now, I want you to catch this. I didn't say this in first service. In fact, I didn't even see it until right this second. But we're going to see the entire trinity right here in this scripture. He's already pointing to the Father. I'm going away to the one who sent me. Okay? Are you all with me? The one that sent him, the Father, sent the Son. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Can't you imagine the dude you got out of the boat with, you left your nets, you left everything to walk with this guy is now saying, hey, guys, that's it, I'm gone. What? <laughs> so they're not even saying where you go, and they're like, what? what kind of deal is this? I chased after you for a couple years, and now you're leaving? They're not even asking where I'm going. Instead, you're grieving because of what I've said. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. You know, that's, that line right there tells me that we are better off with him in heaven at the right hand of the Father and his spirit here with us. Why? Because he said so. Am I, am I going too far or is it not just what this says? Jesus says, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate or the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. He will convict, I've lost my place, the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verse 9. The world sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. And you will see me no more. Verse 11. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling what he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So why would he leave? There is a thousand reasons why he would leave. Let's, let's start back with one of the most simple. Because it was prophesied that he would leave and come back the same way that he came. So he has to fulfill prophecy that he would come back the same way that he came, right? It's really not a big deal breaker for me because that's the least of my worries. Right now, I've is my way. Even though I am leaving you, I am not all of a sudden messing up the process. This is the way. Where did he go? Do you remember? He sits at the right hand of the Father, right? Do you remember what his job, one of his jobs are, sitting at the right hand of the Father? To intercede for you. We have someone sitting at the right hand of God the Father talking about us and how much help we need. Advocating. He is interceding for us. It is better that he is right at that right hand. I haven't lost his ear. I completely have his ear. I haven't lost him. Do you know who he is? 
His spirit is him. His spirit is him. That's what's with me, is his spirit. It is the spirit of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6, you know the scripture, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, okay, we can't get to the Father except through Jesus, but Jesus, you're gone. What way? What is the way? The only way to the Father is through Jesus, but Jesus left, right? He left so that he could what? Send the Holy Spirit. And we just learned from this scripture, the previous scripture, that the Spirit doesn't speak on his own behalf. He speaks what Jesus is saying. The Spirit will tell you whatever you receive from me. So the way to Jesus is his word and his Spirit. I want you to know that the Spirit of the man is the relationship part of the man. It tells us that the advocate, that the spirit is the comforter. When I come to, to one of your family's funeral and hopefully I come to bring comfort, that is my, that is my person. That is my, that is my relationship trying to connect with you and to love on you and to support and to comfort and to strengthen you. That is my spirit trying to give encouragement to your spirit. So when the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit that builds that relationship with us. I'm going to show you, that this is kind of where I'm going, but it says in John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now what I find so interesting here is that the Lord immediately backs up and says, stay to my word. Stay to my word. Stay to my word, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. Now, I want you to know that I have spent my entire life trying to build this relationship with Jesus, the man, with, with all kinds of brain confusion. When all the time I was never to build the relationship with Jesus, the man, because the man is not here. But it is his spirit that I build relationship with. It says the world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him. That was me. And I don't want to even say that I was the world. I'm a spirit-filled believer. Been spirit-filled since 17. Been saved since I was five. I don't think I was trying to mess this thing up. But I've been trying to build this relationship with the man. Pete and I were running the other day and was going over the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know, this whole thing about receiving Jesus into your heart, he says, I feel like this book is talking more about receiving the Holy Spirit into your heart. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm getting. I was, I was raised in a Baptist church, taught to pray the sinner's prayer. It wasn't wrong. It just wasn't complete. So he, I said, Pete, how did you accept Jesus into your heart? How, do you, how did you do that in your brain? He said, I just did it because you said to do it. I believed it because you said it to be true. And he believed in his heart. He received by faith. It wasn't wrong. That's why I believed it, because my mom told me to do it. And it was right to ask Jesus into your heart. We see it in Scripture, but at the whole time I'm thinking, how do you come into my heart? You're the man. I've got the Word. Yeah, I've got the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Spirit, but... This whole Jesus into my heart thing, 
God, I'm receiving faith. I'm not doubting my salvation. I know I'm saved, but I still can't wrap my head around it. Can you keep reading with me? What scripture am I on? John 14. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. This scripture just exploded off the page to me. This is Jesus talking. And I believe that he is saying, as well as saying other things, I believe that he is saying, Guys, I am with you right now as a man, but later I'm going to be in you. I must leave so that my spirit can come and fill you. Your mind in the natural cannot go where I'm about to be able to, t- be able to make you able to go. By me going and my spirit coming in you, then the thoughts of God can be released into you. But as long as we just have these earthly man-to-man, woman-to-woman relationships, we can't get to that point. But what I can do, what God's saying I can do, I will send my spirit and my spirit will speak to you. The guy. We didn't lose Jesus. We got him. In you. That's that connection of Jesus into your heart. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens the door, I will come in. That's where we get that sinner's prayer uh, from, is asking Jesus into our hearts. But it's not the human Jesus. He can't come into my heart. It's the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in Romans chapter 8. I'm almost done. I feel like I'm on a soapbox. I'm not trying to be... I'm kind of losing my voice. I normally don't scream when I preach. But I have, I have spent 40, 39 years not realizing what I'm missing in my relationship to the Holy Spirit. And it is the most unbelievable thing. This last month has been one of the most incredible months of my life. And I want you to have what I've got. And it's not weird. It's not weird. I'm going to prove to you that it is the gospel. It says, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Listen to me. Remember, those who do not have the Spirit living in them do not belong to him at all. It is a very fine line we see in Scripture where it says the only sin that cannot be uh, forgiven is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. And I think the church has walked a fine line of how far we go with the Holy Spirit. Would you ever put a line, would you ever draw a line to how far you would go with Jesus? That's what you do. When you, when you draw a line on his spirit, it's who he is. I mean, we can't receive, we can't, we can't, we can't have that relationship with the human man. We have his word. And we have a spirit. When we reject the Holy Spirit, we reject Jesus. There is no rejecting one and not the other. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you. So even your body will die because of sin. Your spirit gives life because you've been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from from the dead lives in you. 
And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart and it is the spirit of Jesus comes into your heart. And I'm not talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit. I believe that is a separate occurrence for the empowerment to do his word and to complete, to fulfill your call. There is more, but this is the center of the gospel. Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross for you, for your sins, to pay for everything that you ever would do, everything that you ever could do, to pay the very cost that you could never pay. Once and for all, but that's not it. He also came to disciple and to teach us how to walk this walk on earth. That's why he said, follow me and go eat with me. And what did he do? He went teaching and he went laying on of hands and healing all the sick. Didn't say they were saved or not. He healed all the sick. We're going to see as we go on through the weeks that he has empowered us to do his ministry and more. Why is it better that that Jesus go back? Because he was just a man. The billions of people could never get a meeting with him. But they can get a meeting with him because he's in us. And we carry that same spirit. This is his plan. That he needed to leave so that he could send the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit in me. It's the same spirit in you. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. He's the one who enlightens scripture. He's the one that speaks the very words that Jesus is speaking right now at the right hand of God. He is the one that brings comfort. He is the one that is here with us now to talk to, to love on, to be loved on to get wisdom. Jesus is in heaven so that his spirit can be with you now. I just ask you to continue to to go with me in starting to learn how to follow Christ because following Christ is following his spirit. Those that are the sons of God are those that are led by the spirit of God. Do you know that scripture? So we are going to learn how to follow the Spirit. And it's awesome. It's going to be so awesome. Would you all stand up with me? I'm done. I'm up, I want to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you for revelation of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you that we don't have to be afraid. It is the Spirit of Jesus. What is threatening about that? You are full of love and compassion and mercy and grace. You are full of forgiveness. And Lord, all power is in your name and in your spirit, Lord, to restore us, to redeem us, to save us. I just ask you, Lord, over this church body, just for revelation of your Holy Spirit. And that we would begin to build relationship with you according to your word and according to the spirit of Jesus that that is in us. Help us, Lord. Change us, Lord. Change our hearts. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I've never even made that first time decision. Once you know it says in scripture that if you'll just believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, 
that you will be saved. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, telling you that it's true. You know in your heart that this word, that this gospel is true. Would you just believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth right where you sit? Jesus Christ, you are Lord of my life. I turn my life over to you. And I open the door of my heart for your spirit, the spirit of Jesus to come in. Maybe you've been like me and you've lived this life of never really knowing the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm, I've been there. I am there. I am still getting to know who the Spirit of Jesus is. And I can tell you, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. He is so gentle and so soft and so caring. And He is so there. He is so there for you. Would you just turn your heart back over to Him? And just say, Holy Spirit, I just open my heart to you. The Spirit of Jesus, come in. Lead me and guide me into all truth. Do you know He will? Would you just make that decision today? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Pastor Justin.